lodged there. When they were by the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. And they turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What is your business here? And he said to them, This is how Micah dealt with me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. And they said to him, Inquire of God, please, that we may know whether the journey on which we are setting out will succeed. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The journey on which you go is under the eye of the Lord. Then the five men departed and came to Laish and saw the people who were there, how they lived in security after the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and unsuspecting, lacking nothing that is in the earth and possessing wealth, and how they were far from the Sidonians and had no dealings with anyone. And when they came to their brothers at Zorah and Eshtiel, their brothers said to them, What do you report? They said, Arise, and let us go against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you do nothing? Do not be slow to go, to enter in and possess the land. As soon as you go, you will come to an unsuspecting people. The land is spacious, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is in the earth. So six hundred men of the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtel, and went up and encamped at Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. On this account, that place is called Mahena-Dan to this day. Behold, it is west of Kiriath-Jerim. And they passed out from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Ah, there he is. Finally got back to Micah. Okay, so um, in your own words, let's retell what we just read. Make sure we're all on the same page. What's happening here? So um, I'll start. Uh, in those days, Israel had no king. You don't even have to say that everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. That's just understood, right? Uh, especially in this story. So um, there was this tribe of Dan. Tell me what they were going, going to do. Looking for a land. Okay. Dan was looking for a home. Instead of, instead of staying where in their appointed place, they were looking for a new place. Okay. Instead of staying for so the text says that they were they the land because they had not yet come into an inheritance among the tribes of Israel, right? Okay. Well they're there because they wouldn't drive the people out of their land. I mean, Right, good, Back good. Chapter one. Right, well, yep. Joshua said in Joshua nineteen, he said that they took the land. Um, Joshua nineteen forty-seven, and the territory of the sons of Dan proceeded beyond them. For the sons of Dan went up and fought with the Lashem and captured it, and they struck it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and settled in it. And they called Lashem Dan after the name of Dan their father. Right. So, I think we're reading that's the more details of that story right here. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. Spoiler alert. Um, so, we're going to read how that, that happens. They're going to take Leish and name it Dan. Um, so, yeah. So, I think we get a little, little flashback to what maybe Joshua mentioned there. And we're going to see exactly how that happened. So, they have no land, supposedly, and uh, looking for a home. So what do they do next? What happens next? They follow an established pattern. 
and go spy out the land. Okay. Right? So they send some explorers that are spying. Right? What else? They hear a voice they recognize. Okay, good. Right? So what do you... Okay. What do you make of that? Like... They, they heard a voice they recognize? If they recognized his specific voice or the way he was talking. Right. This is like, ah, yeah, this is somebody that wasn't one of the natives of this area. Right, yeah. I suppose and it could be either, but uh, right. more Good. likely the latter, I would suspect. Right, yeah. I, I assume that it's his accent. Maybe they knew the guy, but maybe it's just they can tell he's a Judean. He's from the the area of Judah, he's got the accent that Judah, uh, Judean people have. He's got a um, southern accent. <laughs> the, the southern accent, right? Okay. So what else? What else happens? They go into the priest and ask him to inquire with God about their their little venture. Right. Good. They what, ask him what he's doing there. Yeah, right? You're out of place. What are you doing here? Right? Hey, what are you doing here? Andrew? Not only that, they ask him what he's doing there, and then they just gloss right over that he's Micah's priest, and then they ask him to ask of God. So they kind of just take it at face value and like, oh, okay, cool. Are we blessed? Can you find out if we're blessed? Right, exactly. So, uh, again, all of this stuff should be really troubling that this Levite is just wandering around, not administering to his own tribe, not uh, helping, being with his family, but almost like the prodigal son, he's wandering off looking for somewhere else to live. Again, I don't know if that was normal. I don't, I don't think it's meant to sound like that's what you do if you're a Levite. You go, you go off and leave your family and everything and your city and find a place to be priest up north. Um, and then they find him there, and he's just the priest at this guy's house, right? Where where do priests serve? The temple, the at the temple, or the tabernacle at this time. Um, why? So here's the state of affairs. Did I mention that there was no king in Israel and everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes? Right? So that's why he keeps mentioning this, right? seen online sometimes of a, a kid saying I had the worst day of my life and his dad says oh no 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 I had the worst day of your life so far it could get worse <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's the book of judges like, oh, <laughs> that's right I don't think yeah. that it could get any worse just wait <laughs> right and in Joshua 21 remember that the 48 cities the Levites are already right scattered so they have cities all over that are ordained and authorized. Like here's here's what I've given to the Levites, um, and either this guy's throwing off his calling as a Levite and just wandering around looking for a job, and then oh, you need a priest? Sure, I can be. I can be a priest here out in the middle of nowhere. Sure, yeah, I'll do that. Um, so uh, again, this is just all flies in the face of what should be going on. In the land of Judah and uh, for the Israelites. Uh, anything else that we haven't pointed out 
uh, that happened here so far. Aaron, this uh, this priest, I mean this Levite, is not even in Aaron's family either. Well, don't go too far ahead, Boyd. I've got the Hebrew, or Isaiah's written the Hebrew up here for me. We're going to get to that. I think it's interesting in verse 5, they want to know if they're going to be prosperous. Back in 1713, Mike is sure he's going to be prosperous. Oh, yes. Right, yeah. I mean, oh, you want something? You want to be pro? Yep, it's yours. Go ahead. Ble- the Lord's blessing is yours, right? <coughs> I mean, and they, the, our, our, our little priest person does not appear to even consult with God. There's not like this line that says, and the priest went to consult with a God of some kind. He just says, y'all good. Yeah, it's, exactly. This will work out. The Lord yeah. will bless you. Yeah, he's, he's signing checks and doesn't even look at the amount, right? Okay, um, so uh, we have this interaction with Micah. The Danites get God's blessing clearly. What do they do next? Spy out the land more. <laughs> Good. Yeah, they, they head on and they find some Sidonians that were kind of off by themselves in what's apparently a pretty good place. And, you know... They weren't bothering anybody, and nobody was bothering them. The spies come back and say, this land's pretty good. Right. Got to take it. Good. What what else did you hear? What else did you notice? Did it say that they were Sidonians? I think. So that one was tricky, because that's the way I read it at first, too. Associated on the Sidon. Yeah. Far from Sidon. Right. So I think what what it says is that... um, they were living in the land they were living in safety like Sidonians live in safety that's the way I read it Um, they were living in safety like the Sidonians at peace and secure how else does it describe their land no lack of anything that's on the earth (laughs) it's got everything you need Lloyd is that what you're going to say no, I was going to say it's, it's interesting that they say it says no ruler was humiliated. Right. Yes. Right. No ruler was a, they weren't being oppressed by anybody. Um, and I think we'll see in the next section that the Sidonians who lived nearby they were far enough away where they weren't bothering these people in Laish. Um. So the Sidonians weren't oppressing them. Nobody was oppressing them. I mean, I feel like as I was typing this up, I was like, oh man, this sounds like uh, a verbo listing. Like it's quiet and secluded. It's got every fully stocked and equipped. It's got everything you need. It's perfect, safe neighborhood. Um, I mean, it's got it's, it's perfect, right? Sort of like a land flowing with milk and honey a little bit. Yeah, it sounds sort of... It's, the land was very good. Yeah, it's familiar. It's familiar. Yeah. Okay, so um, anything else that we haven't pointed out from the text? Uh, 
Okay, so um, I did look, I just want to point out real quick, so I kind of got interested in where we were talking about. So uh, here's Jer Jericho, Bethlehem, oh here's Bethlehem. Um, so Eshtael and uh, Zorah are just right up here, uh, I think around in this area. And then uh, it mentions that they're going to go up to Laish. Does anybody know where Dan is? North of the... All the way up here, right? So so this is this is pretty hard. And they, they camp out. They'll camp out at Kiriath-Jerim, which is like right here. It doesn't say where Micah's house is, except that it's in the hill country of Ephraim. And um, this doesn't have, have, it, have it, but... The, the mountain range, if you look at a um, topographic, topographical map, you'll see like mountains running through here. Um, this is where all the peaks are. And then it gets, it's hilly right here and then it flattens out as it reaches uh, the Mediterranean Sea. So all this is flat and it gets hilly here and then mountain, mountain uh, peaks all down here. So they're starting here and they're camping out, and I don't know how much of this, I don't know if all of this is the hill country of Ephraim, but that's the way I take it. If this is where they're gonna end up, um, all through here uh, is where they're traveling. So um, I don't know if that's helpful or if, um, I don't know that that adds any uh, meaning, but I thought that was kind of interesting to, to see. Okay. Anything else from that section? And again, we'll we'll kind of come back and and uh, ask the so what at the end here. And then they send out the strike force of six hundred men. Right, that's right. So they set out with six hundred men armed with weapons, um, camp out at Kiriath Jerim. They rename that place Mahanadan, which is Camp Dan. Um, so. Um, that's right west of Kiriath Jerem. So, kind of gives a location there. And then, um, all right. So, let's pick up verse 14 uh, and we'll continue that pattern. Verse 14, somebody want to read 14 through. Um, let's go ahead and go through the end of the chapter. Go ahead, David. Then the five men who went out to, or went to spy out the country of Laish said to their kinsmen, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod and household idols and a graven image and a molten image? Now therefore, consider what you should do. They turned aside there and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, to the house of Micah and asked him about his welfare. And the 600 men armed with their weapons of war, who were of the sons of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Now the five men who went to spy out the land went up and entered there and took the graven image and the ephod and the household idols and the molten image, while the priests stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the graven image, the ephod, the and household idols, and the molten image. The priest said to them, What are you doing? They said to him, Be silent. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us, and be to us a father and a priest. Is it better for you to be a priest 
to the house of one man or to be a priest to a tribe of a family in Israel. The priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and the household idols and the graven image and went among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones and the livestock and the valuables in front of them. When they had gone some distance from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house assembled and overtook the sons of Dan. They cried to the sons of Dan, who turned around and said to Micah, What is the matter with you that you have assembled together? He said, You have taken away my gods which I made, and the priests, and have gone away, and what do I have besides? So how can you say to me, What is the matter with you? The sons of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, or else fierce men will fall upon you, and you will lose your life with the lives of your household. So the sons of Dan went on their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. Then they took what Micah had made, and the priest who had belonged to him, and came to Laish, to a people quiet and secure, and struck them with the edge of the sword, and they burned the city with fire. And there was no one to deliver them, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone, and it was in the valley which is near Bethrehob. And they rebuilt the city and lived in it. They called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan their father, who was born in Israel. However, the name of the city formerly was Laish. The sons of Dan set up for themselves the graven image, and Jonathan the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's graven image, which he had made, all the time that the house of God was at Shiloh. Good. All right. So, I, I don't know about you, but as I read through this, I feel like this is like a Shakespeare play or uh, a, a soap opera or something like the 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 dramatic effect is on full force here. Just the the ridiculousness of what's happening. It it is a topsy turvy story. So, um, so from. From there, these men leave Micah's house, um, or I'm sorry, they get to Micah's house, uh, and uh, the five men who had spied out the land, uh, they they have an address for the soldiers. Uh, how does that play out? What happens? Somebody that hasn't spoken. Just put it in your own words. You don't have to be perfect. You can even get details wrong. We'll we'll correct you. Yeah. So the men who had spied out land said to their six hundred men, "This house has all this gold, the idols, this ephod, a priest. Just think about that. Think about what we can do with this stuff." And so they set up to steal Micah's stuff and his priest. Right. I love that question, too. Like, I happen to know what's in this house over here. And he itemizes it and then says, so what do you think we should do? The five-finger discount, as we used to say. (laughs) Whatever you can lay your five fingers on, we'll take it. Right? All right? Um, But what happens? They go in to take it. Someone else who hasn't spoken? (laughs) 
Levite stops them and is like, what are you doing? And they're like, don't you, wouldn't you rather be a priest for a whole people than just one man? And he's like, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, promotion, right? <laughs> and clearly he's, he's in it for the promotions. Uh, he left his land, and so right, he gets a better offer. They're like, hey, be quiet. I, I love that. I mean, just I can just see all this playing out in my head. I don't know about you guys, but this guy walks in. What are you doing? Shh, come here, come here. So I got an offer you can't refuse, right? So, he's, so they take him in. Um, he's going to now, hey, this would be a much better gig over here. And what does he do? He's a loyal Levite, right? <laughs> no, he's like, I accept. Um, so he, they say, come with us. Um, so he grabbed all the, re- he, he, the priest grabbed all the religious paraphernalia and took it with him, right? I, I can't help but wonder if there's a repeated phrase, a repeated phrase in this um, the 600 men of the Danites armed with their weapons of war right, is repeated like about three times. So I'm sure he was into self-promotion and to being promoted, but the fact that there were 600 men of war armed with weapons of war hanging out at the gate might have also influenced him. <laughs> right. Well, it's going to end. You can't refuse. Uh, you right. Know, exactly. Exactly. Say hello to my you, don't, you don't want the head of a horse to end up in your bed, right. do you? Um, so, it, and it's going to influence somebody else, too. Because when they start to leave, who comes after them? Micah does, right? And his neighbors, right? And what happens? It's all 600 men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, well, well, first they say, he says, hey, where are you going? And they're like, What? <laughs> And he says, what do you mean, what? You're walking off with all my religious paraphernalia and my priest. Right? Don't ask me what you know what. Right? Did you, did you get that? Like, the, they, um, trying to find the, the verse here. 22. Yeah. When they had gone in, they, he, uh, what's the matter with you that your men are called out to fight? And he said, you took the, the gods I made and my priests and went away. What else do I have? How can you ask what's the matter with you? Right? How can you ask that? And then the 600 men come into play, right? What do they say? We better not hear that. <laughs> right? Don't say that too loudly or the 600 men with weapons might hear you and you don't want that to happen. Wink, wink, right? So, Micah weighs the pros and cons and he's like well I guess uh, I guess you win you win the day right exactly Um, so uh, what happens next Laish gets a new name (laughs) right so the the Danites proceed they get to Laish how would you describe the interaction there? Violent. Ugly. <laughs> Ugly. Violence. Quick. Quick. 
definitely a route, maybe. Yeah. You know, they had, these people had no allies. They didn't have, they may have acted like Sidonians, but they weren't like a vassal territory, apparently. And they hadn't made in, made friends with anybody close. No mutual protection, you know, mm -hmm. mutual aggression packs or anything like that. So. Yeah, which... Uh, it reminds me of one of the characters of this city. They were unsuspecting, right? So that's definitely what you want. Um, and again, I feel like this is about the time where we should say, did I say there was no king to come protect people and like enforce some moral law? No, there's none of that. Everybody's doing whatever is right in their own eyes. I think this was like up in Dan at like Mount Hermon and the yeah. Sidons were on the coast above Tyre. Okay, so that's yeah. how far away any right. help was. Right, yeah. They're way over here. They're minding their own business. It's too far for them to come over and worry about these people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They didn't have a chance. Yep. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Okay. I do love that be quiet. Yeah. I mean, the, the Danites hear the, the priest's voice to begin with, and then they tell him, shh, and then they tell Micah, shh, and it's it's just kind of, the previous, the, you know, with, with Samson, it was like, he saw this, he saw this, and then he couldn't see nothing anymore, and then he wanted vengeance. Mm -hmm. And this time, it's like, they're hearing, hearing things. Okay, that didn't sound right, but. Right, <laughs> right, no. yes. Everyone's being hushed. <clears throat> Okay, so then uh, how does it how does it end up? How does it conclude? Somebody else that hasn't made a comment. Everybody's making comments tonight. He took Good. Yep. What? Yep. What else? What else do you notice? They set up their idol, right? And rebuilt the city. Okay, they rebuild the city, put up their idol. Named yep. Sons of Moses were their priests. Okay, now I just heard two competing, uh, conflicting uh, interpretations there, or translations, mm -hmm. not interpretations, translations. So, and that's why we have the Hebrew here. So, um, what did you say, Ella? The, so, uh, well, before we get there. So, up until now, what do we know about this priest, the Levite, at Micah's, <clears throat> that came to stay with Micah? <coughs> he was from Bethlehem. Okay. He was from he was from Judea. He was from Bethlehem. He was a Levite. That's it. What was his name? We don't know. Don't know. Just the priest. We don't get a name. We don't get a name. Don't get a name. It just says the priest, the priest, the priest. Finally, in verse uh, 30, it says, um, and the Danites set up for themselves the idol, and Jonathan, son of Gershom, the son of Moses or Manasseh depends on which translation you're reading. So here's here's uh, Moses, and really remember Hebrew is written backwards. So this is M S H. Um, you know Yahweh is Y W H. No 
no vowels or anything, so we have to put that together. So when we look at it, we, we, it's Moshe, Moses, that's the way we would call, that's what we would spell and phonetically sound out MSH. Moshe, Mo, Moses. Okay? This is Manasseh, M S H. The only difference is this character right here, that's the N. So it would be M N S H. So neither of these are what is used to say Gershom, the son of, it's this. They take this little N and only one time in scripture they superscript it and put it right there. So why why would they do that? Why would they take Moses and throw that in there? Okay, because who were the sons of Moses? Gershom and Merari, right? So this is Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses. Now, uh, Rashi, an, an 11, 12th century rabbi, 1107, I think is when he died, um, he wrote a commentary on the Talmud, and he says... The reason this is written this way is to protect the reputation of Moses. Because you would not want to read all of this scandal about Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of... mm, I can't say Moses. I just can't put Moses with all of this. So I'm going to say, just say, well, let's call him Manasseh. And at some point, that was it. Now... This is a question for Tommy. I'm not. I'm not real sure if, how much credence to give Rashi, the French rabbi from the 12th century, because <laughs> uh, it had been several thousand years after that he wrote his. But uh, that is his take. But it is true that when you look at the uh, uh, Hebrew, it is sub. It is superscripted, and it's the only time that that letter is ever superscripted from what I read in the commentaries that I was seeing. So um, so I think maybe if, that's, if this is true and this is protect the, the, the uh, reputation of Moses or so you wouldn't have to say Moses in the same sentence as this guy who is an abominable Levite at best. Um, then I think we see maybe more evidence of how heinous this chapter is. And it, we thought Samson was bad. I think this is even worse. So, uh, let me ask this. Why is this even worse? How, what's your take on this? So what? What? What is all this? I mean, why throw this story in with the stories of all the judges? God is out of this picture. Yeah. In two generations. No king. Not even God's king. Or you can say? Uh, in two generations. Oh, yeah. It's, he's wiped out. Exactly. Yeah. 
and yet his house is still there in Shiloh, and yet they're setting up. Right, right. And, and they're, um, they're calling these idols, they're associating it with the name Yahweh. It's, it's not um, just some new god. This is, they're attributing this to Jehovah God. And which, you know, becomes kind of commonplace for the North later on. Right. Um, and, and so it's just like a, a foreshadowing of that in some ways. And just, yeah, this, this little, we'll tweak here, we'll tweak here, we'll tweak here, and boom. Good. Yeah. You said a lot there. You, you covered all my points. <laughs> but we got to go through them a little slower. Okay. Yeah. Claire, what do you got? One of the things that the law of Moses makes super clear is that when the people were to conquer the land, the reason they were conquering the people, wiping them out, was so that they wouldn't have this idolatrous influence on the people of Israel. But I think it's interesting that they come in, wipe these people out, move in, and then they set up their own idols. Right. Idolatry and heinous violence. And they've taken on both of those, right? Good. Yeah. They were supposed to wipe out this influence, this idolatrous influence, and yet they've taken it on, and it is so bad that guys are just wandering around, out getting hired as priests, setting up whatever religious paraphernalia you think might win you some prosperity from God. Right? If you think about the idolatry of Dan, like you, you always think of um, well, Dan and Bethel, like with the divided kingdom. Yes. Well, no, actually, Dan beat Jer- Jeroboam to the punch by 100 years. Like, they've been doing this for quite a while. Yeah, I don't think we should gloss over that, right? Because that, w- that was one of my questions. What do you think of when you think of Dan? I can't hardly say Dan without Bethel. And let, let's just elaborate on that a little bit. What happened at Dan and Bethel? Why are those two, why would those be linked in my head? The golden calves. This is a great map to have because we've got the golden calves right there right. that we exactly. can, can be attached exactly. to wherever they go. Wow. Good, good forethought there. So <laughs> Bethel is here and Dan is here. When when the kingdom divided and the people uh, in, that were living in the north said, look, we are tired of bankrolling the tribe of Judah we're out of here and we're going to set up our own idols. And just so you don't have to go to Jerusalem, we're going to put one here and here where you're covered. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. And if you're way up in here, don't worry. We've got, a, we've got one in the north and one in the south. We've got every modern convenience for our, our worshipers, right? So, yeah. And it's interesting that way before this ever happened, there's already... An idolatrous altar set up in Dan. Like history repeats itself, right? Yeah, Andrew. I, I find it interesting. Um, it just shows the depravity of man and how far separated, uh, how quickly separated they get from God, but God's still going to circle them back to them for at least a little bit. Right. To think that this isn't the the precursor to another flood that just finishes them all off this time, like how much worse can it get, right? Well, actually, 
just wait till Sunday. It's going to be even worse, right? Um, so yeah, but yet God comes back. He's not done with them by far, right? Good. One of the lessons I think in all of that is we need a king. And we need the, the kind of king that is righteous and good. Exactly. And we need to submit to the king and not leave him out of yeah. our perception of the gospel. The, the gospel isn't, if I have enough religious trinkets in my tool belt... I do all the things and I've got, then God will bless me. That's not the gospel. The gospel is, I want God to affect my heart, not so that he'll serve me, but so that I will serve him. Right? It's not about what can I do to get God to do whatever I want. It's, God, what do you need to do to me so that I'll do whatever your will is? Right? And here... It's God is a commodity, right? They're just carrying him around. They're gods, um, whatever they, however they're perceiving. They they're so far afield that they're not even recognizable as far as a worshiper of God, right? Um, which there's, is there's something wrong with a god that people can steal from you, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Take your idols, your ephods, and your priest. Lock, stock, and barrel. Okay, what else do you see? This, this kind of sets up Dan's legacy really for the rest of the Bible. Um, um, you know, you, you got this, and then the golden calf, and um, uh, Mount Hermon is in Dan, which is associated with the Sidonians, with Baal worship. Um, there's... And it really becomes associated with uh, like a, a place of like spiritual evil. Like you see a contrast between Mount Zion and Mount Hermon. And like in Revelation, like with the 144,000, Dan's not on the list. Um, oh wow! Yeah. They, there was kind of a you know, it's, it's like the Gary Indiana of. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and Gary, I like it. <laughs> Good, good. What else do you see in this story? Yeah, Lloyd? So they took, you see these, um, this army came in and just attacked these people. And we've seen throughout history that you just can't, that these armies never last. They may take over a place for a period of time. But in, in other words, you just can't rule with the iron fist forever. Right. Good. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Lex Talionis will come back to you, right? You, you strike with the sword uh, irreverently uh, without God's instruction, and it will come back to you. And that's the key, without God. Yes. Right. Yeah. David? I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any great significance in it, but there were 600 men of war. Gideon had 300 half that many and militarily accomplished a whole heap more right uh, but he had gone right and these men obviously didn't right yeah good yeah Sarah one of the interesting little details is in verse 21 after they took the 
the god and the ephod and the priest, it says, they turned and departed, putting the little ones and the livestock and the goods in front of them. And when they had gone a distance, so they had some sense, these warriors had some sense that Micah might be coming after them, you know, and so they put the, the vulnerable population up front and were in between that and, and you know. Yeah, this is very conscious of what they were doing. And yet they did it anyway. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, I don't know if I probably already um, harped on this enough, but just the picture here of throwing off any sense of morality. All morals are thrown away. Truth, any kind of adherence to the prescribed worship that God had for uh the Jews and all Israel that what they were supposed to be doing and how they were supposed to be doing it all of that is just totally thrown aside and still they expected to be able to find for God to prosper them find a way for God to prosper them Um, any other thoughts one more bit of foreshadowing in verse 30 Mm so he was, the, you know, he and his sons were priests of the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. Mm. Right. Interesting. I wonder what that could mean. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I hadn't noticed that, too, because we were talking about when to date this writing, when it was authored. Um, yeah, I can't remember if we went up to the captivity, but here's here's a mention, like, Knowingly, this is going to happen eventually. Good. Thank you guys for your comments uh, and for taking this dramatic journey with me tonight. We'll look at chapter 19 on Sunday. This does have that. It's called the Very slow. <laughs> 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 <laughs>